Welcome. My name is Tracy Cook, and this is a podcast series, Victim to Victory. This series gives a voice to those that have overcome obstacles in all forms, that dare greatly to share their real stories. Amazing humans like our upcoming guests that have seen hope and risen above those adversities to become victorious. That now they go on to support and inspire others to do the same. So please subscribe and comment to go in our monthly draw to win access to the Brand Your Story Academy podcast creator course and download our latest ebook, Beginner's Guide to Monetizing Your Mic with Podcasting. Today, we are giving a voice to an inspiring, empowering superstar who is brave enough to share her story. And it is Sarah Kawoko. Welcome to Victim to Victory. Hi, Tracy. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for inviting me here. And good job on the name. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know you're Italian. We were talking pre-show, so I had to do the Kawoko <laughs> with the hand gesture and everything. <laughs> thank you very much for joining us. Now, you are a wife, you're a mama, a grandmama, and a dog mum. Love it (laughs) from one dog mum to another. Now, you're originally from California. You make your home with your husband and your beautiful, beautiful fur babies in Western Colorado, USA. And you have a wide range of interests singing, acting in live theater, and a love for outdoor activities. Now, your story today is so impactful because you are an Amazon number one best selling author in the Life by Design book produced by Kim Ward and published by GWM Publishing, Lil Bukowski. But your story, your chapter in your book is called From Pain to Passion. We're going to be hearing a little bit about your story because I know that you've grown up in this dysfunctional environment and experienced several toxic relationships, forms of abuse, and you've learned a few things or two about losing, finding, and more importantly, using your voice. Sarah, mm-hmm. where does your story start? Oh, wow. Um, I, well, like most of us, it starts when we're very young, very young. Um, I grew up in a very dysfunctional home, which isn't earth shattering. Sadly, these days we hear more and more stories and we're, as people are are feeling more comfortable sharing the reality Um, and a lot of things happened in my life Um, not all of it stemmed from my home but because of the dysfunction there it kind of spread out it kind of it 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 it, it, you can't have a dysfunctional home and a functional life outside of it truly Mm -hmm. I mean there's always some some bleed over Um, and so it affected uh, a lot of my relationships um, growing up, as I got older, my intimate relationships, marriages, um, I, I was, I was the oldest, the oldest child. And so I had a lot of responsibility. Um, most of that, I I think happens to a lot of older children is, um, too much, too much. We're expected to be adults. We're expected to be little adults. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and that causes resentment. So that even causes resentment amongst our siblings. <laughs> so that's mm-hmm. some of the benign stuff. Um, but uh, because of the dysfunction, because of the 
um, the anger. Um, there was um, a lot of mental type of mental abuse, I guess, verbal abuse. Um, there was a lot of fear. And so that made, it really made it hard for me to, to speak out um, because doing so was usually asking for a pretty serious repercussion. <laughs> mm. um, so. So I you mean, felt as though if you asked for something or um, you were shut down, kind of you lost your voice almost. I, I wasn't a lot because um, it, it was just a really, it, I don't know if this is normal in other families, um, but I, you know, it's like, a, I seem to have a really good relationship with, you know, my parents when I was very, very young. And then when my brother came and then when my younger sister was born, it was like, all of a sudden I was kind of like the, the odd man out. And I remember not just feeling that way, but having situations play out that it was like, you know, kind of being pushed aside and, mm-hmm. and I was supposed to have all the responsibility. And if anything happened with them, it was, it was somehow my fault. Um, but I wasn't supposed to get all of the, the same affection and attention and nurturing. Um, so yeah, yeah, it, it, it made it very hard to speak up. It made it very hard to, um, to say what I, what I felt because it either wasn't reciprocated or it was, oh, that's not true. Or, oh, you're, you're, you're just, um, being oversensitive, um, you know, that kind of thing. Those kind of, basically my feelings were dismissed. Mm. And so you didn't oh, have those validations of your feeling. No. It's like, I'm feeling like this. I'm feeling left out. I'm feeling as though I'm just the helper. I used to have you all to myself and now I don't know where my place is. So your feelings, yeah. they, they weren't being validated. No, 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 they weren't. Mm. Not at all, actually. <laughs> So, and then, you know, and sadly, when a lot of children in that situation, they start looking for that validation from outside of, of the home, outside of the family or, you know, the area. Um, and that became kind of a basis for a lot of dysfunction in my personal relationships, you know, kind of always looking for that validation, looking for the acceptance, looking for the, the caring and the nurturing and the loving that, that I just never felt. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the bad things about being in that situation and having that mindset is you you can really put yourself into some really bad situations because you kind of put the blinders on as to the bad stuff that's going on there. It's like, but but they're paying attention to me. You know, they're giving me the attention. They they want to be with me. They want me to be with them. Um, and that that caused that that was the grounds for a lot of of dysfunctional relationships. So when you're not finding those that kind of positive validation, it's kind of any validation, right? And I think a lot of women who have been through, you know, that non-acceptance or that pushed aside or you're being silly or that's not true, then you're looking, you can't find that positive validation. So if you've got negative validation, well, at least it's some form of validation. At least somebody's paying attention to me. I think so many women, Sarah, can really relate to 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 that kind of aspect as well especially if you have been through um you know your parents kind of pushing you aside almost and um how did that affect the relationships um that you've actually been through in your life Hmm. (laughs) um 
it, well, for one thing, I got into relationships that I, that, that weren't healthy to begin with. Um, because it was like, oh, oh, this person wants to be with me, you know, and that became, like I said, it was like having blinders on, but then as time goes on, you have the other, the, the reality of the situation, which, um, uh, anywhere from infidelity to, um, I don't want to say mental abuse in a sense of, you know, somebody not, res- there's no, no respect, mm. um, some physical abuse. Um, and it was kind of crazy. It was, I remember the first time, um, it was my, I've been married three times previous. <laughs> uh, the first time I was married, I remember, um, my then husband and I, we were, I was very young, was very young. And it was one of those that never should have happened, but it's at some, for some reason at that point in my life, I just felt very vulnerable and I kind of was feeling like, well, nobody's ever going to want me. Mm. And so I, I married this person who seemed like they really were wanting to be with me. Um, it was from a different culture. And there was, a lot of, there was a lot of tension because of that. And I finally just reached a point, and, you know, it's like I couldn't do anything right. Everything was wrong. I walked wrong. I talked wrong. I dressed wrong. I, I laughed too loud. I, it, it was like I was just constantly, he was constantly you know, putting me down for these things. And I was like, I was never able to do anything right. And finally, I just, um, we, we kind of, it kind of blew up one night and, um, he was, he was berating me. I remember I had the remote control of the TV in my hand and I threw it across the room. I was like, he's just going on this tirade. And I said, you're not so goddamn perfect yourself. And in that instant he blew up and I had walked, went to walk into the bedroom and he came after me and started just hitting on me. And I was just, I, I was stunned. Um, I'm not a, I'm not a waif. I'm not a tiny person. Um, but I, it was like, I didn't know what to do. <laughs> I didn't even really know. Do I hit back? I mean, it was just, it was just very surreal. Um, mm. I left and went home for a week after that. And he never reached out to me during that time. And when I went back, never apologized. And um, it wasn't very long after that, that uh, I, I just, I actually wanted to, I actually, I act, <laughs> this is one of my, my most vivid memories of that time. It was in the winter and I was driving home and I was just, I was a, I was a mess. I was just a mess. I was so depressed and, and felt so helpless and I remember driving along thinking I could just drive into one of these parked cars and end it right now wow I was 19 wow yeah that's a story I haven't told too many people (laughs) Mm. um yeah sharing It's, mm, it's hard to share moments like that but um it's so important to share because uh, especially the results of the last couple of years um you know we want people to not feel alone to you know to know that somebody else has felt like that and there are other options and there are people to reach out to like yourself that have been in those situations so would you say after that narcissistic controlling kind of 
relationship, marriage, and then, you know, you, you've got depression and those suicidal thoughts, would you say that was kind of the lowest point and you had to kind of pivot from there? Um, in that in that marriage, it was, yes, most definitely, most definitely. Mm. And I just kind of reached a point where I was like, I, I have to do something. I just have, I have to. Um, mm. And I did, I ended up leaving. Mm-hmm. And uh, I went back home. Yeah, but. <laughs> and then you rebuild what? from there. Were you rebuilding from there? How, how old would you have been? I was only 19 at the time. I was, I was pretty young. Yeah. I had another, and then I, um, you know, other relationships, um, working, living, you know, the the regular doing your life. Um, and one of the things I was thinking about when we were getting ready for this is through all these issues and all the, the, the negative, the, um, unhealthy the toxic relationships one of the things that was really interesting for me is that each time I got into that type of a situation my tolerance started building or or my 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 inability my how do I say that my tolerance grew shorter Mm -hmm. I guess and and I think that was part of that was part of the process of finding my voice and it took it, it took many years um it took some other really really horrible things happening in my life um it took another couple marriages but i, I noticed that uh, so the, the the marriage after that um i put up with that one for 10 years and it was uh one that was filled with alcoholism my husband was an alcoholic um <laughs> the insanity of alcoholism in and of itself. I mean, looking back, it's like, I, I, I feel so, I feel so much for people that are in, in that environment still. It's such a horrible, mm. um, <clears throat> horrible environment. And it, it's so hard to get out of. Um, and I, I put up with a lot of things for a lot longer than I thought I should have. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I'm also, I, I also got to the point where it's like, when I made up my mind, it's like, this is, no, it's enough, enough. Mm. has changed it stops here and i like that after, yeah and then the, the the marriage after that um was dysfunctional he was not abusive towards me um neglectful more than anything i think um but he was also a drug addict <laughs> i just <laughs> mm-hmm. i didn't choose well <laughs> um but i i that one five years and so it's like, it's like, I got better <laughs> and yeah. I got to a point where, you know, I got to where I could, and I think maybe during that relationship was where I really found my voice again. And it was in an interesting way that it came about. Um, I was working <clears throat> for a company that sent me to California uh, for some training and it was a long weekend and where they sent me in Monterey Bay was very close to where I'm originally from. And I hadn't been back in years <clears throat> because of my, my then husband's a drug addiction. We spent a lot of time, anytime we went anywhere, we had to stop at uh, the local emergency room. So he could try to convince the doctors to give him narcotics. Mm-hmm. For pain. 
Um, so it, it really, it, it, I mean, our lives just very quickly went into this really horrible tailspin, but um, when I got there, I'd rented a vehicle and I had, I had the three days, three or four days. And um, any time I wasn't in training, I was out exploring, which is what I love to do. I spent time at the beach. I went to more than one beach, um, just exploring and shells and checking out cliffs and um, went to a little town. I had a great aunt and uncle when I was growing up that lived very close to there. And so I went back to there and to the, the Santa Cruz Beach and Boardwalk was someplace uh, that we used to go when I was a child. And so it was, it was a very, very cathartic weekend. It was only like three or four days, like I said, but it felt, I remember my, my most vivid memory of that particular time. Um, when I got there, and I'm very good with directions, you know, geographic directions. I don't have a problem finding my way around. And I kept getting lost. And I was, I was looking for these places, trying to find different locations to go. And my, uh, I kept getting lost. I kept getting turned around. And I couldn't figure out why. And it finally dawned on me that when I was in, I was in, you know, California, I always said the ocean's west, the ocean's west, I should be able to, you know, I kept, where, why am I getting turned around? And it dawned on me at one point, yes, the ocean is west, but I was staying in a bay. I was in the south part of the bay. So the ocean was north. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was like, and I remember getting back to my hotel, which was really cool. Because I got back to the hotel room that evening and I was like, that was amazing. I saw so many things that I wouldn't have seen if I hadn't gotten lost. Um, but the thing that impacted me the most was nobody yelled at me. Nobody got mad. Nobody cared that I drove in circles for an hour <laughs> trying to figure out where I was going. And it was, wow. it was so cathartic, just that peace that I was allowed to just be me and I was allowed to make, you know, silly mistakes that weren't even really mistakes. It was just like, Oh, wow. Okay. And when I went home after that, I cried for the, for two days. I mean, I just cried. I couldn't, I couldn't sleep in the same room with him. And I, that second night I, I was up all night long and Early that morning, I just, I knew, I just made this, it's like, I, I refuse to live this way anymore. I'm just not going to do it. And it was scary because I had given up so much to be with him. I gave up an incredible career. I moved out of state, had my daughter with me that I'd adopted. Um, I had given up so much to be there and here it was five years later. And one part of me felt like a complete failure. But at the same time, I knew it's like, I just had to, for my own, for my own life, for me to keep going and survive, I had to get out of it. I had to leave. Wow. What a powerful story, Sarah. I'm just trying to absorb all of that information and the journey that you've been on. And, and it's just so obvious, probably looking back in hindsight that you've come almost full circle, right? You, you started out at this, at this place. And you were kind of looking for that validation. You've lived your life and and had all these controlling and narcissistic relationships and the feeling of unworthiness and criticism. And then you've gone home, you've got lost to find yourself. And then you've come back and, and thought, no more, my life has to be different. 
And it's just amazing how, you know, you've found your voice during all of that as well. Now, as part of your um, writing your chapter uh, from pain to passion, um, what does what does life by design actually mean to you? Life by design to me means having the courage to see what you want to be and where you want to be, and even if you even if you feel like you're miles away, having the courage to take that step, and just get in, just start moving that direction. You know, everybody's journey is going to be different. Um, but it's so much more powerful. It's more fulfilling when, when we're doing the things, when we're making the decisions for ourselves and not always worrying about what everybody else thinks or wants or insists that we should be or how we should be or where we should be. It's, it's, it's having the courage to, to trust in yourself. And I think those words, having the courage to trust in yourself is kind of sums up your life's journey almost as well, doesn't it? Hmm. It does. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Now, the Life by Design book is how to create the life and business that you've always wanted. And what do you hope that people really take away from your chapter? My chapter was actually about um, my dealing with a medical issue and how I kept trying to, I I know my body. I've lived in my body my whole life. (laughs) I kind of know some things about it. (laughs) And and it was so frustrating that I, I had things going on. And I'm telling the health professional, it's like, you know, this is what's going on. And this, this is what I think it is. This is, you know, I have a history of this. And, and I kept getting the, oh, no, 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 it's not that. Couldn't be that. No, it's, it's this or it's this. And that's how they were treating me. And again, I wasn't being heard. And I think as a society, um, especially for women, A, I think people in general, we, we have become so willing to give up our power of our own health mm. to the experts, not realizing that the health, um, I'm not discounting um, healthcare because it definitely has a place, but it's to treat illness and disease. It's, it's not to help us maintain or be healthy. And I think a lot of people have, have, have mistaken that and they've given up that power like, oh, the doctors are the ones who know everything. I don't know anything. You know, the, med- the, the medical people, they have all the answers. Well, they don't have all the answers. And a lot of times we, we have the answers for ourselves. Mm-hmm. We know our bodies know. Um, and so through this experience, it was one more time when I was just being discounted. And, and finally, um, I elevated to the next level in, in the, the office with the, the, um, the doctor that was one of the, one of the main doctors there. And I'm like, look. <laughs> this is what's going on this is my history I'm pretty sure I know what the deal is here and um finally got somebody to listen to me and she actually through the course of of several things as as you read my chapter came to a point where um I did have to have a surgery 
and it proved me 100% right. It proved mm -hmm. me 100% correct. I knew exactly what it was going on. And it was like, there, and, and, and her words, <laughs> her words, um, one of the things she said was, well, no wonder you were in so much pain. <laughs> ah. Like, yeah. I've been telling you this for months, people. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and so I really hope that people, I, I would like people to, to reclaim some of that power, to reclaim and, and realize that, you know, that yes, there are experts in everything. But the experts don't always have all the answers. And we need to learn to trust ourselves again. Not just our voices, but our bodies. And, and trust that what our gut is saying to us a lot of times is it's, it's, we just need to listen. We need to pay attention. Yep. Definitely. I couldn't agree more. I mean, it's the words like, you know, your gut feeling, your women's intuition, it's finding your voice. It's, it's question everything, right? Question mm -hmm. everything. If you don't understand, it is okay to raise your hand and say, I don't understand that. I want a better explanation or I don't trust you as my healthcare professional. Who else can I speak to? And not a lot of us actually do that. Um, so that is some very, very valid advice there. And um, what do you think, um, Sarah, the, the, the key piece of advice that you would share of how to come, how to overcome obstacles what kind of mindset do you need to be in or what kind of practical mm -hmm. advice would you share for somebody to overcome an obstacle honestly um i've really been learning the value and we hear this a lot those of us who entrepreneurs and are building we hear a lot of um the people you surround yourself with are incredibly important and i'm really learning the value of that it, it, you know it, it, i think it starts when we're young and our parents, you know, don't, you know, be careful who you're hanging out with. And I personally took that as an affront. <laughs> it's like, what, my friends are good enough for you? <laughs> yeah. Not <really>. <laughs> you know, there was a little bit of protection factor going on there. Um, <laughs> and, and I think that, you know, and of course, as being children, you know, we're teenagers, we're rebellious and, and we're going to hang with one. But the older I get, and I'm, 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 getting closer and closer to that 60 year mark all the time, the older I get, and especially these last, probably this last year, I think, um, I've really come to learn the value of surround yourself with people who are the people who are how you want to be or who live the way you want to live, who you aspire to be like, whether it's professionally or personally, um, and I'm not talking about just money. I'm talking about as, as just being good people. The mm -hmm. more of those people you surround yourself with, it has this incredible impact on your mindset, even if you're not trying. But if you add into that, working on your mindset and listening to motivational and, and, um, and being okay with being quiet once in a while, mm. uh, it can really... Mm. It, it can really, if you look for it, you find the strength. You can find the strength. And sometimes you'll probably be really surprised at how much you have. Definitely. Some golden nuggets there, definitely. And how are you helping others uh, now? And where can we actually connect with you? 
Um, you can connect with me. Um, I believe you've got um, some links you're going to be dropping into the the um, information here. Mm -hmm. I can be reached on Calendly if somebody wants to reach out and have a conversation. Um, I can be reached on Facebook. I'm in uh, Messenger. <laughs> um, I, I'm on YouTube also. Um, and what, I'm sorry, give me the question again. So um, how are you helping others um, at the oh, moment as well? Um, couple of different ways one of them is is uh in building business i um i'm not a coach but i do try to support others who are also trying to build as i've been building mine my pain to passion comes from the pain physical literal physical pain i was dealing with and how i overcame that um through nutrition and so i do try to help others who are looking for um, not, not curing things, but just had a little, little bit better. And, and some of the, the amazing things our bodies do <laughs> when they get the proper nutrition, it's, 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 so it's kind of mind blowing actually. Um, so I try to help people that are looking for, um, that type of information and people who are looking to build. Um, I found some really great, great, um, a great platform that has made a huge difference for me. And so I, if anybody's looking for that type of information, I um, guide them to whatever it is they feel that they need the most support in. And sometimes it's just being, you know, an, an ear with somebody to listen to. Maybe Definitely. And food is medicine, right? <laughs> medicine, and uh, my Read my chapter, you'll you'll understand why. <laughs> I never believed it before, and I have I, I am living proof. Food is medicine. You are definitely living proof to go from pain to passion. Your journey has been absolutely amazing. And what message do you want to leave the audience on today, Sarah? Like I said, trust your guts. Listen to your listen to your body. Listen to your heart. Be okay with being still, find your voice again, and don't be afraid to use it. What wonderful advice, and especially for empowering and inspiring, inspiring other women, men and women, to really find their voice, that something is possible. So you're empowering, inspiring, and thank you very much for being brave to share your story and elements of your story for the first time here on the Victim to Victory podcast today. You are so appreciated, Sarah. We'll be sharing where to actually connect with you as well. And you can find the Victim to Victory podcast on YouTube, Anchor, Spotify, and YouTube. If you got value from today, please subscribe please comment and you go into the monthly draw to win access to the Brand Your Story Academy podcast creator course. And remember, wear your story like a superhero cape and not an anchor. Thank you very much, Sarah, and we'll see you on the next episode. Thank you, Tracy.